Welcome to the Seven Figure Summit Podcast. I'm Scott Bywater, the founder and CEO of Copywriting That Sells. We help entrepreneurs leverage their email list, websites, funnels, and ads to get high quality leads via strategic copy written in your brand's voice. Just go to copywritingthatsells.com.au to see some of our success stories. Also, don't forget the Seven Figure Summit is always looking for guests. Simply visit podcast.copywritingthatsells.com.au to apply. Welcome, everyone. This is Scott Bywater, and welcome to the Seven Figure Summit. Today, I'm here with Craig Cook, and Craig's a successful entrepreneur who started his digital first company back in 1996, long before it became a buzzword. With limited resources, he built RhythmNet.com into a world-class digital creative agency, which he's since sold in 2019. Some of his major accomplishments during this period include he was recognized on the Inc. 5000 list five years in a row. Only 7% uh, of recipients achieved this feat. Uh, now, he was also awarded the best place to work and top places to work in Orange County four years in a row by the Orange County Business Journal and Orange County Register. He was honored by American Honda Motors as the first company to be designated as a premier partner after the first year of service. He acquired his own commercial office building in 2019 at the height of the credit crunch, and he's been acquired by a world-class strategic buyer. He's also the author of Business Kung Fu, um, who today provides consulting services in executive leadership, brand development, and marketing communications. So welcome, Craig. It's great to, great to have you here. Yeah, thank you, Scott, for the kind introduction. I'm super happy to be here and to share what I can. And thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great to have you here. And uh, and and I guess my first question is, Craig, you were you weren't always you, know, you hadn't always achieved all that accomplishments. At some stage, mm -hmm. you were at the at the bottom of the mountain looking up. What was that? What was that like? Yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, as you read off those things. Um, yeah, that was over the course of, of a couple of decades, you know, achieving all those things. So it wasn't instant success. It was this overnight idea of overnight success is uh, highly elusive. And, um, you know, it takes a, a lot of effort and time. And for me, in the beginning, looking up the mountain, if I take myself back, it was 1996 when I started uh, my company with a couple of friends very limited resources, just $1,300 a piece in a, in a computer. And at the time, looking up the mountain, it was exciting. You know, it was like uh, a new adventure, right? It was uh, like, just like if you were going to climb a mountain, like it'd go on an adventure. That's what it was like. It was exciting like that. Uh, we were in a brand new industry, the internet, and created a digital first company way back in the 20th century, 1996 and doing something completely new. So uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely like looking up a mountain and saying, all right, let, let's go. Uh, so it was exciting. But then as we started to journey up the mountain, like, oh, wait a second, <laughs> this isn't that easy. <laughs> this is pretty tough, you know? And uh, yeah, it, those first five years, especially were extremely brutal, actually, uh, you know, climbing up that mountain. So yeah, that's, that's what it was like in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What what was the toughest things for you uh, in the first five years? Well, the first five years, uh, I, I'd say one of the toughest things was just trying to get by, just being in uh, survival mode, 
uh, with very little and just taking it day by day and uh, trying to build the business and and just barely hanging on in a sense. It was, that was tough. There were some really tough moments, uh, a number of times where I felt like quitting and I came very close to it, especially one time in particular. I was like seconds away from quitting. Um, so when you when you are going up that mountain and in, in your mind, it's just not working out the way that you expected and you have all these challenges to overcome and sometimes just the, the pressure from that can feel so daunting, so overwhelming and you start to lose hope, uh, that's a tough spot to be in. I was in that spot uh, a couple of times and one in particular. So um, yeah, I think that was, was the toughest thing uh, throughout the course of my 26 years of running a company. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can you, can you elaborate on what that spot was like? Sure. So, uh, the one time in particular where I was just seconds away from quitting, this is probably about, I'd say four years into the company, three or four years into the company. And uh, I was working really late at night. It was you know, past midnight and it was a digital marketing agency, right? So we did a lot of design and programming and, you know, I did everything, right? So I was working late at night on a project. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was probably like 1230 AM or something like that. And the office, it was this industrial office space. And there was a tiny little office up front, like two little a reception area, a tiny little office. And then the back took part of the warehouse space and converted it to office, like production work, you know, had all the computers set up and it would get really hot in the summer and super cold in the winter. So this is winter time, middle of winter or super cold in there. And I was all bundled up, working away. Sounds cliche, but <laughs> it was like super cold. I even had gloves on. It was like, like for California, it was really cold anyways. Uh, and I was just feeling hopeless. I just uh, was felt like I was spinning my wheels. You know, I, I was like 28, 29 at the time. A lot of my friends, they had successful careers. They, you know, went off into their field of study and had jobs and were getting, you know, paid well and, and getting success. And here I was just struggling to, to get by with very little to show for it, really not much at all. And just trying to make this thing a go. And I was just thinking to myself, what am I doing? Am I stupid? Like, what's wrong with me? I'm like going nowhere. Is this the way it's going to be? You know, all these questions started to formulate in my mind. And, you know, I had these questions before, but this night it was just, just the environment I was in, how late it was. I was already tired and burnt out um, just from all the stuff going on. And I was really losing hope for the future. And it's very interesting. Uh, and in my book, I talk about five elements of entrepreneurship. The fifth element is faith. And faith is what gets you through these moments, the dark night of the soul or the moments where you feel all hope is lost, but as long as you have an aspect of faith that you can hold on to, it helps you overcome and get through these times. And it's very interesting. Um, at, when I was just like seconds away from, from quitting, I decided to check my email and I received this email from one of my vendors, a hosting provider that uh, we were using. And it was from the founder 
And it's so interesting. He started, it was this email just saying thank you to all his customers. And he was going through this story of how he struggled being a business owner through the years and how he was so close to quitting multiple times, but he held on and he ended, it was an announcement that he had sold his company. And now he's, you know, just on the other side of it, doing great, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I went on and it was like, wow, that email came to me at exact right time when I needed it. And it got me through that night and came back the next day. And I, you know, I had hope for the future and I, you know, still retain that faith uh, in myself and, and a higher power. And it's interesting how uh, things unfold on your journey as you progress uh, when you are challenged and put to the test, because when you're an entrepreneur, you will be put to the test. Absolutely. Yes, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And and over the time, why didn't you like? There was there was. It sounds like there were several times when you thought about quitting. Mm-hmm. What was it that? I mean, that was one time was hearing that story. What was the other conversation going on in your mind that stopped you from quitting? Uh, like another instance. Um, I remember this other time. It was it's before that one that I mentioned maybe like uh, a year and a half prior or so. Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, it was a long time ago. So, uh, But I, I remember I had mentioned it to my mother at the time. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I may just quit because it's just not going as expected. And she had mentioned um, like the next day she had talked to one of my sisters and she said, oh, it'd be such a shame if he quit because you know, all this time and energy he put into that. And when she told me that, you know, the next day, I was like, huh, yeah, that's interesting. And it's so simple. It really is simple. But I had all this negative self-chatter in my mind, just hearing that from someone else and saying, yeah, what a shame that would be after all that time and energy that's been put into it. And I was like, yeah, that is true. That's right. So that was just another little message that I needed at that time to hear um, that kind of got me through that. And another time too that I can think of where I was just um, not feeling it. Say my uh, mother actually gave me a book. I think it was called the the greatest secret in the world, if I remember correct, is by Og Mandino. And uh, that book really helped me for that fall subsequent year. It's a, just a really short little book, and it's interesting how the power of words, the power of a book, can be transformational and just help with the mindset shift. And I just, that book was very interesting in the way you read it because you were supposed to read a chapter every day, you know, and then it'd take you about, I forget how many chapters, but it'd probably take you about a year to get through it. And you're supposed to follow a certain protocol to get through it. And it helped me a lot. It helped just, again, hope for the future and, and things just end up working out. And, and that's uh, a big thing of, the book I wrote, Business Kung Fu, is a mindset book at its core and is geared towards entrepreneurs to help them overcome their challenges. And I'm just sharing my experiences and hopefully it helps, inspires and empowers others to overcome too. Yeah. And and that that background in sort of, because I know you've got a background in Kung Fu and now I think you've done uh, Qi, Qigong, Qigong, Qi, Qigong as well. Mm-hmm. How did that impact your 
I guess your, you know, your journey, that that knowledge of, I guess, the martial arts. Yes, both did um, tremendously, actually, and at different times. So Chinese Kung Fu, I studied, studied intensely from age 17 to 25. And there was a martial Qigong that I was exposed to during that time as well. Um, but a lot of the lessons and principles I learned from Chinese Kung Fu I actually applied to the company as far as like building a foundation. In Chinese Kung Fu, you have to sit in stances and learn basic kicks and and punches and blocks and repetition, 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 and build that foundation before you can go on to more advanced things. Well, the same with um, the company, really establishing that foundational layer as structure and organization, service offerings, et cetera, uh, how, how we were going to be moving forward. Um, and that's where um, in chapter one, I talked all about building a foundation and, and I have this uh, model of five elements of entrepreneurship, you know, really talking about the progression, uh, which starts with uh, passion. Passion leads to discipline. Discipline leads to expertise, expertise leads to confidence and confidence leads to faith. And um, it's, it's all these uh, aspects of mindset, perseverance, discipline, um, approaches, like having a complete system, because the system I learned was a complete fighting system. So I didn't want for my company to have like a one trick pony show where we relied on one thing. You know, it's more like how let's have multiple service offerings and have that work together as an integrated system. So it's things like that that had a tremendous impact on on uh, running the company. And then Qigong, um, the medical Qigong, I came across in 2014 at a time when um, we were right in the midst of yeah. You know, when you were reading off my intro uh, earlier, landing on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing private companies. Um, that's, this is probably like year four that we're on the list. And I was just very emotionally and mentally out of balance, just off-centered from my normal self. You just, from all the demands of managing employees, meeting client demands, uh, dealing with vendors, uh, juggling family life, all, all these stresses and pressures and obligations, right? I just wasn't myself and it was impacting my performance, my clarity of mind, et cetera. Um, and I came across this gentleman who knew medical Qigong. I, I was fascinated because I knew about it um, through my exposure to martial Qigong, but I never met anyone that could actually do the medical stuff. So I'll go check it out. And you know, I went to see him six months, um, once a month. And after that time, I, I felt so much more centered and, and balanced. And uh, it was quite something. And he asked me, hey, you want to learn how to do this work? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So that was January of 2015. So I took a deep dive into that world and it really equipped me to with the tools to manage the stresses that um, continue to come because life is always throwing sucker punches at you, you know, punching in the belly, punching across the face. You know, life just throws a bunch of stuff at you. So that stuff doesn't stop, but just having the, the these tools to be able to manage through that more effectively was profound and a game changer for me in running my business yeah that's that's interesting so so you you mentioned something earlier about you know about a holistic or you you learn a complete fighting system 
Mm-hmm. What do you think, like of the people who don't reach that seven-figure sort of goal or barrier, don't break through it, how many of them do you think rely on a partial, if we use the metaphor of martial arts, fighting system as versus a complete fighting system? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I would say, well, there's a couple of things here that that come to mind. One, yeah, if they're really focused on one thing, they might be gaining lots of success, right? Initially and, and rising up. Let's say they focus on, because I've seen this, where they are focused on a certain technology or a company, and they're like a reseller for that company, right? And all of a sudden, they're, they're gaining lots of success. Well, what happens to them when suddenly that technology becomes passe, it becomes uh, obsolete because of some new technology that's come on board to replace that? And um, or say uh, they're a reseller for this other technology platform that say gains a lots of traction in the marketplace, but suddenly that traction stops because maybe they are acquired and it went downhill or, or some other new platform came out that made them obsolete and now your business was totally reliant on them. And now you're going downhill with it as well because you only were really fixated on that one thing or maybe a, a few things, but under that one umbrella, for example, right? So that's where um, rel- being too reliant on one thing could really, you can get some great success initially through that focus, but if you rely on that, you, it can end up hurting you in the long run. Yeah, 100%. So you're thinking, you're sort of thinking several steps ahead. You're thinking about being yeah. holistic. How many do you think suffer? I've seen this a lot in the, in the marketing space where someone might be very good at marketing. Uh, so where they could easily build perhaps a seven, eight figure business based on that skill, but because uh, let's say they don't have the operations or the financial or the, you know, the other skills that go with it, they bottleneck or it, or it stops mm-hmm. them. How, how common have you seen that that is and how did you overcome that personally? Yeah. Good question. Um, that is is common where you say you get people that are really highly creative and they do great work, but they don't understand business principles or how to run a business properly and they get ahead of themselves and get into trouble through um, hiring on too fast or, or um, just not managing funds properly, et cetera, et cetera. All, all of these different problems that come into play. Um, for me... I studied business in, in college. I was an operations management major and I had a minor in marketing, but I had a passion for technology and that I was introduced, um, especially with more of the digital marketing and communications um, while I was in college through this, what was called the Multimedia Design Center. That's where I started developing my skills, teaching myself actually. And uh having that business background coupled with um, the technology skills and then later learning on the design, I was able to, you know, it's that complete system approach, holistic approach, as opposed to, you know, you need to be an expert, but if you're going to own a company and, and run a company, you do have to have some essential skills. And I talked about this, this is all about building the foundation in, mm-hmm. in your company. 
you have to have some essential skills uh, such as com good communication skills, you know, written and oral. Uh, you need to have some, some technology skills because that's just the way it is. Our 21st century environment is driven by, by technology. You have to have some organizational skills, uh, attention to detail. Uh, there's just a variety of base skills that you need to have that are kind of like punches and kicks and stances and blocks that you need to have in order to operate. And if you don't take the time to develop those, then in the long run, you're going to get challenged and, and learn lessons um, the hard way. And even when you have those skills, you're still going to get challenged because there's times when we got ahead of ourselves and we hired too quick um, and and then had to do some layoffs. You know, there's two times in our history where that uh, happened. And that's a, that's a, a tough lesson to, to learn because that, that was probably the part I disliked the most about being in business. Mm. When is the perfect time to hire? To hire? Uh, you know, every every business is unique and different. It depends. Is it a product like manufacturing based business? Is it a service business, et cetera? You know, we were a service based business, right? So what we did was we would forecast our revenue and we were really good at, at forecasting and, and keeping sales records and our budget and managing the company to the numbers, to the budget and so forth. And as our sales were growing, and we looked at the sales projections, you know, three months, six months, year out, and then our staff level, and then what was our staffing um, utilization rate? You know, is everyone being utilized at like 90% of their time being billable? Okay, great. And, and we still had, say, at least three months of solid work to keep them busy at that utilization rate? Great. Well, now, now what if it was like six months? Okay. And now what if that utilization is going up to like 95%? Okay. Now it's like a, a flag. Okay. Now we got to pay attention and now we need to start utilizing some contractors to help fill in, um, to help alleviate some of the, the stress. Cause there's all kinds of other implications that come into effect when you're, you're maxing out. Um, cause not everything goes to plan. There's always surprises. <laughs> And um, and then once you, your contract pool is getting utilized to a great degree, and this is maintaining your forecast is still out there, then it's like, okay, uh, let's bring in a new person or let's bring in some more people. And that depends. It could be one department. It could be across the organization. It just, it just depends on the situation. But it, that's an example of how one could approach it. Yeah, yeah. So, so operations is a even though you are a marketing company, the operations was huge, and you were obviously measuring utilization. There's a lot of intricate measurements that are happening throughout that process. Yes, and you have to stay on top of it and look at it um, on a weekly basis. Yes, once a month isn't enough. <laughs> you got to really be on top of it, and um, you know if you get as you scale and grow, grow and depending upon the size, I mean, yeah, someone could be looking at that stuff every day, you know, and tweaking things and planning and so forth. But uh, from like a management uh, team perspective, you know, every week uh, we'd be looking at these things together and, and planning and figuring out problem solving and determining uh, when to hire, um, you know, because 
Because once you get ahead of yourself and you got to let people go and you feel that awful feeling of telling someone that you have to let them go and it's your fault really because you mismanaged the business, it's tough. <laughs> you know, you don't want to do that. Um, so you learn to really be on top of it. Yeah. And, and how important do you think, well, I've been uh, reading a bit, quite a bit about uh, something called polymathy, polymathy recently. And that's, it's the whole concept that the world has become so specialized. Like we're all, we're always told, you know, specialized knowledge, even Napoleon Hill's book, you know, it's all about specialized knowledge, get that specialized skill set. And the world is many, in many ways has gone into that specialist in every specialization in every field. Uh, I, I'm more of a believer in polymathy because you actually join ideas right like you take something from martial arts and it's like super powerful to business or even an entrepreneur like an entrepreneur who is just a specialist like let's say you're just good at google adwords uh it's very difficult to build a seven-figure business without all of those other operational skills you know financial skills that you're talking about what are your thoughts on you know i guess polymathy versus specialization yeah that's a great question so I believe it depends on the individual. I believe some people are more wired to be specialists and some people are more wired or capable to be generalists in, in a sense, right? Now one could you know, learn to be one or the other, and, but um, some people I think just gravitate, right? Now, from my experience, when I started out, I did everything, you know, design, programming, sales, project management, um, just across the board, right? Everything. And as the business grew, there's only so many hours in the day. And also not only so many hours in the day, but the sophistication of the industry continues to evolve. Things were pretty simple back in the day. It had its complexities, but like programming, for example, in HTML, yeah, I learned the code, but HTML was super simple back in the day. And um, nowadays, you know, you have people that specialize in front-end programming, people that specialize in back-end programming, people that specialize in very specific scripting frameworks. Um, then you have designers that specialize in UI design. You got print designers. You got people that specialize in identity, uh, all, all kinds of different specialties right and people that just have that are more wired for that that's where they can excel it's just that's what they're they're wired for right and and there's nothing wrong with them staying in that lane because maybe if they tried to be more of a generalist they wouldn't do well right for me um i had to become that generalist even though i had all these specialized skill sets um, it was getting bigger and bigger and beyond me in adding team members and relinquishing a hat, you know, every new person hired, but I had to have an understanding of all these different things and how it worked together and then work to orchestrate all that. And you have to be a generalist kind of like you have say in the military, you got your certain type of soldiers or pilots or whatever. Uh, but you got, you know, the general or the admiral, you know, at the, at the top directing things, right? And um, uh, the specialist can make 
really big financial success for sure. Um, professional athletes, you can say they're a specialist, right? But a lot of times uh, too, um, your generalist could be reap really big financial rewards as well. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and join and join those dots, and 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 even the even like things that are totally different to business, like for example, in your case, kung fu, or someone else that might be playing the guitar or surfing yeah. or whatever it is. How does that help you join the dots or give you an edge as a as an entrepreneur? Yeah. Yeah, that's, so when I started my company, I actually had two big passions at the time, passion for technology, which I mentioned, but I also had a passion for music. Uh, I uh, was a musician, I played piano and guitar, and I had a passion for both. And I combined those two passions to create something new because when we started the company in 1996, uh, the internet was brand new and we were actually marketing independent music online. So we created this website where people can discover these new independent artists that you would never hear about on the radio or MTV or anything like that because it was all you know top-down directed programming. Um, so we created this website to to provide to level the playing field to kind of go against the establishment, right? And people could discover these independent musicians, listen to song samples, and buy their CDs online through a secure server way back in 1996. That gave us a very strong foundation in web development and like multimedia, audio, video, web, so forth. Um, and it's really the result of combining two passions to create something completely unique and new in the marketplace. So that's where, um, uh, to what you're talking about, it could be really beneficial. And I find myself now in this new chapter of life, I'm doing the exact same thing because now I'm combining my passion for Qigong with uh, business consulting with all the you know, 26 years of experience uh, to come up with kind of a really new, unique perspective on uh, business consulting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think often the biggest breakthroughs like where, yeah, like there's this, this sort of, you know, push to specialize, but some of the biggest breakthroughs, like you're saying, it's like you understand music, you understand tech and you bring the two together, which is quite, uh, which is quite, which is quite powerful. So, so just in, in, in closing, if there was one piece of advice that you could give a, an, a, you know, an aspiring entrepreneur who's looking to build that, that seven figure company, what would it, what would it be? I'd say you have to, be able to adapt. So the business environment is highly dynamic. It's constantly evolving. It doesn't stay still. So by adapting as your company, you might be gaining some success, but then there's these challenges. And if you kind of get stuck in a rut, kind of doing the same thing over and over again, but you're, you're not continuing to grow and flourish, you got to really think about things and and be willing to change, be willing to pivot, to adapt, incorporate maybe a new service or go after a new market, um, adopt some new way of doing things. Um, that's what we had to do. I mean, the first two years, the music thing wasn't working out for us. It was a huge struggle. And we started getting requests from people that, at companies, hey, you know this internet thing, can you do our website for our company? Yeah, sure. 
And then we, after a couple of, a year of fielding those requests and realizing, well, we can actually make good money here. Let's just keep put the music thing to the side. We pivoted, we adapted. So we didn't quit, we adapted. And uh, that's the thing is, is doesn't mean if you're gonna pivot and make a change that you're quitting, it just means you're adapting. So be willing to adapt. Yeah, yeah, I, I, or, or as uh, as Bruce Lee says, be be like water. Yes, that's uh, right. That's <laughs> right. Be like water. Water follows the path of least resistance and is constantly adapting. Yes, yes, and, and I, I read a uh, about Samsung. This is years ago. I read this, and I'm not sure the exact details, but their story is quite fascinating because they. They started off as a completely different business. And I think they went through at least a dozen, uh, and I'd have to go back and reference some material, but just from memory, a dozen different businesses before they mm. are now the, yeah, the yeah, the huge mobile phone yeah. company that they are that they are today. So it's right. uh yeah, it's it's looking at the market and being able to yeah, be, being like water. So that's right. Uh, <laughs> <Be water. laughs> uh, and I think I think that's a great a great message to um to leave on the be like water. If 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 someone wants to wants to get in touch with you, Craig, and find out more about you know what you can do, yeah, your book, et cetera, et cetera, what's the best way for them for them to do that? Sure. Thank you, Scott. Um my website which is csquaredpro.io. So that's the letter C, squaredpro.io. Uh, people can also uh, learn about the five elements of entrepreneurship that are in my book. And it's in the first chapter and they can download that for free um, through my website. And then if uh, people you know like what they read, they can go to Amazon and purchase my book, uh, Business Kung Fu. It's in paperback and hardcover and Kindle format. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. And that's at LinkedIn slash in slash Craig Cook. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Craig Cook, and TikTok as C squared uh, dot seven seven seven. And uh, yeah, but the best way to get a hold of me is through my website um, or LinkedIn. Yeah, e excellent, excellent. Um, Craig Cook, everyone, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today, for sharing your expertise, and uh, you really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Scott. It was a pleasure to meet you and to be here, and I uh, really appreciate you. Scott Bywater here, and thank you for listening to the Seven Figure Summit podcast. If you're a successful seven-figure entrepreneur who'd like to share your journey on this podcast, please visit podcast.copywritingthatsells.com.au. If you got something out of this interview, I'd love it if you could share this episode on social media. Likewise, if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Seven Figure Summit. There's nothing I love more than seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to my team and I. If you'd like to connect, go to copywritingthatsells.com.au or follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram under Scott Bywater. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.